0: You're listening to the Biomed Central Podcast. Today we're talking with Jean Louis Vanson, editor in chief of critical care, as we celebrate the journal's twentieth anniversary.
1: I am a professor of intensive care medicine at the University of Brussels and intensive care doctor in the Department of Intensive Care of the Erasmus University Hospital at the University of Brussels. I am also president of the World Federation of Intensive and Critical Care Societies and I have been an intensive care doctor for many years now, but still active.
0: What are the most important topics in your field right now?
1: Well, the nice thing about intensive care medicine is that it has relations with many fields in medicine, so we have a very large field of interest going from pneumology to surgery and anesthesia through infectious diseases and endocrinology or neurosurgery. So there are many interesting fields. Of course, things like sepsis, severe respiratory failure, uh, metabolic problems, nutrition, etc., are still very important. But globally, we must say that We are very much interested in improving the process of care because we feel that we have made much progress through a better communication in the ICU, better discussions at the bedside, taking into account a variety of things we should look at, things we should consider, clinical data, biomarkers, etc., and discussions within the various members of the team in the ITU and the outside consultants has been really very, very important for the quality of care.
0: What are you looking forward to in the Future of Critical Care thematic series?
1: Oh, for the series, we will have uh, real experts who will give their views about the the future of critical care medicine, and that's quite interesting because our discipline is evolving very, very quickly, but more rapidly than ever with the development of new technologies. So it's really very exciting and, uh, and, and, and very dynamic. So in the future, the intensive care units will be somewhat larger than today, especially in some parts of, uh, of the world where the size of the ICUs is still too small. And we will definitely have a more individualized approach. I think we are fed up with these large trials involving very heterogeneous patient populations and uh, uh, yielding uh, negative results, no difference in outcomes. So we start to really understand that treatment should be individualized Based on particular features and on particular biomarkers that could uh, really uh, help to direct uh, our therapeutic interventions more specifically. So, hopefully, we will develop new drugs in the field of uh, sepsis, ARDS, etc., and we will have more individualized approaches based on. uh, hemodynamic monitoring, respiratory monitoring, etc. So that's very exciting, actually. Uh, I think uh, looking, we are all looking forward to uh, even more rapid and more efficient developments in our field of critical care medicine.
0: How is the field of critical care medicine different now than it was 20 years ago?
1: It is very, very different. Uh, not so much by... Our therapies. You know, we had respirators 20 years ago. We had hemodynamic monitoring 20 years ago. Uh, we had you know, IV pumps and and the like. Uh, what has changed the most, I think, is the way we organize our work in the ICU. In the past, the ICU doctors were running all over the place. They were sometimes working very late at night. Um, uh, Everybody was uh, very uh, excited, probably too excited uh, about a number of things. Now, life in the ICU is much more quiet because people know better how to really act and how to count on the ICU team being around every individual so we are better organized and people have a better quality of life they do not need to work so often during weekends in the past very often the doctors had to stay quite late at night because one patient was doing poorly and it was not expected now with uh, uh, our better communication systems we can uh, quite easily ask someone else to take over and uh, our lives have become um, of better quality. Now, in the future, we'll have uh, probably less invasive monitoring systems and less invasive treatments. You know, we are not sure that we will use invasive mechanical ventilation uh, so much in the future, because we could avoid endotracheal intubation in many cases, and we may use more extracorporeal gas exchange systems that will help to improve gas exchange without having a tube in the throat. And we could add to that the renal replacement therapy, we could add uh, some uh, uh, precise uh, nutritional support with uh, uh, better quantified uh, Sources of oligo elements, vitamins, etc. That will be a, an application of individualized therapies. In the future, the treatments will be much more individualized than today. People try to replace uh, many of our uh, actions by protocolized care, but this doesn't work so well in the ICU we still need to individualize our strategies, the intensive care units.
0: So we're celebrating Critical Care Journal's 20th anniversary. Where do you see the journal in 20 years' time?
1: Oh, it will be very different too. I think that in 20 years from now, uh, the journal will be read every day, if not every hour, and that's certainly a big advantage of electronic journals. Actually, all journals will be electronic, like Critical Care, and the others will, uh, will follow us. I don't think we will speak about impact factors in 20 years' time. It will be perhaps still impact factors, but for individual papers and no longer for journals. Hopefully, we will be able to complement previous publications with more data. So, in other words, if you have an experience with uh, 100 ECMO cases and found some interesting observations, you know, when we have 200 ECMO cases, uh, it won't be a different publication. It will be an extension of the previous one with more data and perhaps some new information coming up from larger series and more easily refer to previous publication by a simple click we will be able to go back there will also be much more communication among people when we started critical care we called it the critical care forum because we wanted this to be a forum of opinions and uh, editorials personal views etc And critical care will become more of that kind in 20 years from now. So it's very exciting to see how the world is progressing and where we will be in 20 years from now in terms of scientific publications. It will be very, very different from what we have today.
0: Finally, we'll just ask a couple of questions from Twitter. We have a question sent in by at devia underscore German. How long should patients spend and what type of treatments should be done in the emergency department before transfer to the intensive care unit?
1: That is a very topical question because we need to improve the relations between specialties and uh, A good example is the interrelation between emergency medicine and critical care medicine. In the past, the emergency room was very separate from the ICU, and the patient was transferred to the ICU after some stabilization in the emergency department. In the future, we will definitely work together. So as soon as an acutely ill patient is admitted in the emergency department, that patient should be managed by emergency medicine doctors and intensive care doctors together so that the passage from emergency medicine to the icu will be uh, much smoother uh, than in the past we need to work together in our hospital here we have what we call a shock lab where emergency room teams and icu teams to work together. So this is true for nurses, physiotherapists, and definitely doctors. And it works very, very well. There is a continuum between emergency medicine and intensive care medicine, and we need that. You know, the symposium we organize every day in Brussels is at its 37th anniversary, and it is still called an international symposium on intensive care and emergency medicine, because many problems are similar. Think at cardiac arrest, think at shock, think at trauma. We need to really act together on these emergencies. We need to have more uh, communication and we should no longer work in silos with the emergency medicine here and clinical care medicine there. We need more interaction.
0: Okay, thank you to at devia underscore German for that question. Uh, the second Twitter question is from at Broly underscore Amanda. What is the future of critical care outreach services?
1: Oh, we need this kind of systems, that's for sure. We need to help people on the general floor. Now, we don't even know how to call it. Is it outreach services? Is it medical emergency teams? Uh, is it rapid response teams? I think we need to have some consensus on how we call them. But it just translates the variety of systems that we are dealing with. If you look at the literature, you could say, well, do we need these teams, yes or no? What are the trials on this? Some are positive, some are negative. It just depends on the needs of each hospital. In that, in some hospitals, you need to have teams moving relatively little. Uh, In some hospitals, these teams must be very, very active because the quality of care on the general floor is actually quite suboptimal. Are these teams made only of a doctor or a doctor and a nurse or a doctor and a nurse and a paramedic and physiotherapist? or only a nurse, or only a physiotherapist, it all depends on what your needs are. And one option does not exclude another. In our institution, we have a physiotherapist available 24 hours a day, being called by a beeper at any time during the night by nurses on the floor. We also have a doctor who is ready to go to the floor when called by a doctor we need some help, a consult, whatever. So um, that's what we do in our institution, because we do not want a medical emergency team to be called whenever someone needs some attention on the floor. We don't want to be called because someone is shivering and having fever on the floor. There should still be a surgeon or an internist or a cardiologist or a dermatologist on the regular floor, and they should be able to manage the routine problems that we find in the hospital. So you need to look at your own hospital and your own needs. But clearly, everywhere, we need some form of organized system where the ICU doctors can go out and help the others on the regular floor. It is totally obsolete the time where the intensivist was on the phone and was being called when a patient was not doing well, and the intensivist was deciding whether or not this patient should be transferred to the ICU. It's no longer over the phone that we should have this discussion, but at the bedside. So we need to have people going to the bedside of the patients in the hospital to discuss what we could do for them, or what we could not do for them, I am alluding to the therapeutic limitations. Sometimes the doctors on the floor tend to call for any patient doing poorly and at risk of dying, but there are also patients who will die regardless of what you do because they have a terminal disease and we should help these patients to die comfortably without being transferred to the ICU if the ICU has nothing to offer. So these kinds of discussions are also very, very important, and the intensive care doctors must go outside the ICU to meet their colleagues at the bedside of some hospitalised patients.
0: To read and hear more science stories, subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, at Biomed Central, or visit our blogs at blogs.biomedcentral.com. All of our published research articles are also openly accessible on biomedcentral.com. Thank you for listening.